Welcome to Last Saturday Morning, where we revisit the cartoons of our childhoods and see if they still hold up or if some are better left in our memories. Or is that like too negative? No, that's great. Okay. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> um, I'm here with my two colleagues and I'm Pal. I work in media and I'm an animation enthusiast. Uh, I'm Rebecca Elizabeth. Okay. And I also love animation. Um, I'm Tally. I'm a TV writer in Canada. Um, I have done some animation shows like Mysticons on Nickelodeon and Big Blue on CBC. These days I write for live action, but I still love animation a lot. So what are we talking about today? Yeah, so this week we're talking about Invader Zim, which is a Nickelodeon cartoon I would say people have a lot of opinions about it. So what are your guys' opinions? Have you seen Invader Zim before? I My only experience with it is in fandom. I could not tell you what the voices sound like. Um, I'm not super even familiar with the animation of it, honestly. For somehow, I don't know how, but I completely avoided this uh, phenomenon at the time. Wow. Like, you know that story of like, when you're walking along the beach beside Jesus, you see two tracks and <laughs> and eventually like there's only one f- set of tracks and you're like, what happened there, Jesus? And Jesus is like, I will carrying you. Jesus carried me over in Vedism. <laughs> I have no, no personal recollection of it at all whatsoever. That really is kind of amazing that you avoided this show. Completely. I know. <laughs> I was, I was, I did check to see when it came out. It came out like early two thousands. Like that was, I was on, I was watching Nickelodeon regularly at that time. I don't yeah. know. You weren't edgy enough for Invader Zim. <laughs> Excuse me. I think that's. Cl- I think it's clear what's going on here is that you just weren't edgy enough. Yeah, I wasn't you were cool, cool enough for enough. Invader Zim. Oh, oh my god. What a truth. What a cool Invader Zim, in, in, in that era of cartoons, Invader Zim was like the kids smoking under the bleachers. And I know that really? you're too afraid to go over there. So, uh, um, Okay. So <laughs> I feel like what your comment is saying is that it was like, we sort of remember it as like ironically edgy, but it was genuinely edgy at the time. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know about that. I see why. Oh. So yeah. you were just insulting me then. <laughs> I wasn't insulting one of you. But no, I, yeah, I... I really don't know because I like you I think I may have watched one episode I like vaguely have a memory of the kid sitting in his class and the alien coming into his class I don't know but it was like I was aware of it I had some friends like fandom friends who were super into it but I just never I just never got there and I remember it being very big among like the hot topic kids yes. so yeah to your point I don't know if it's really edgy but it I think it's maybe a little gross compared to other shows I don't know if that's true. Yeah. That yeah, was my impression. It is. You're definitely I not correct. I know that there was an alien character. Like, that's how little in- there's oh, an alien, I guess. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay, audience, come over here with me for a second. <laughs> so, I have been given the incredible task of introducing these two to Invader Zim, and I was so stressed out by trying to pick the perfect episodes because yeah. I actually thought that you guys hadn't seen it because it had that kind of like edgelord like hot topic kid like stink to it and you just had avoided it like you know well, like, like I things... didn't avoid it on purpose like I, yeah, I exactly just, no it just didn't now come I, know. I know it just didn't really now I know 
<laughs> but like I thought you know like when things are really popular it's annoying <laughs> and so you don't but, watch it or whatever that's what I was worried like I should have been was... that in that initial batch of kids who was annoying about it like honestly like if yeah like, you should have I should honest. have <laughs> so like I set out to try and pick episodes that like would not kind of be cringy because it is definitely a lot of that like I don't know, early to mid 2000s humor that today is considered kind of cringy, like the XD random, like, I got you a muffin, but I eat it (laughs) like that. Like, I don't know if it came out of Invader Zim, but it is a lot of it is in like deeply ingrained in the Invader Zim culture. Mm, culture. So I tried to pick episodes that and like this is like I guess me saying like I hope that it holds up um because I also was going from memory obviously because I haven't mm-hmm. seen this in a while but like all the episodes are pretty iconic <laughs> like so I'm gonna I really want to be gentle and nice about this because I feel like they really were like the start of that sense of humor and that sense of humor took off because it does have appeal we're just all burned down by it so yeah. like I, I definitely want to approach it with like that sort of mindset like there was a reason why it got popular yeah and that's you know because it's fucking funny <laughs> <laughs> is this is this the series that did like the of doom thing like yes. the spoon of doom okay all right yeah I'm I'm exactly ready. that kind of yeah and i also tried to choose episodes that were not gross because there are a lot of gross gross very gross segments and episodes and i know that's something that you guys are not as into so is there any, I, i'm not I'm okay with gross stuff, but I know that Becky yeah. has issues with body horror specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Can you describe some of the gross, gross stuff that the show would go into? <laughs> sure. So <laughs> there's one episode. Well, actually, I haven't even described at all what this show is about. So okay, in, yeah, case, yeah, yeah. in case you're like my two co-hosts and have never seen Invaders in before, um, the show is basically about this um, alien invader um, from like a species of aliens that are all like they're trained to take over and like invade planets and they're each assigned their own planet and zim is um kind of quirky and he isn't necessarily the best invader uh, and so zim, invader zim he's an invader <laughs> okay i should have yeah. picked yeah, becky jeez what did you think <laughs> sorry <that meant? laughs> I don't I don't even know no thoughts. <laughs> he is assigned Earth and so he comes down to Earth and is just attempting to study the Earth species and learn about humans and figure out how to destroy them. Um and he has the stature of a child and so he starts going to elementary school not elementary school, I think like middle school. He's an adult. Um, uh kind of unclear okay well he's just an alien so yeah yeah okay Okay. um so he goes to school and um at school there is a kid named dib who is obsessed with aliens and ghosts and all kinds of supernatural things but no one ever believes him and it's very obvious to him because it's very obvious that Zim is an alien, and so he's trying to expose Zim and convince everyone mm. that he's an alien, trying to destroy them. But no one ever listens but to him. Everybody's stupid. Yeah, and so they have this kind of rivalry going on, and it's funny. That does <laughs> sound funny. That sounds good. Yeah, I like it. 
<laughs> it makes me want to go watch it so much. <laughs> so, Invader Zim is a show by Yonan Vasquez. It came out in March 2001. And before he did um, Invader Zim, he did comics. And he did a really popular comic called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I had a feeling you guys might know this. That's a blast from the past. Wow, that makes sense too. Wow, that's like finding out, like, of course Bruce Wayne, is, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Like, of course. It's obvious in hindsight. Obvious in hindsight. So what's funny is that, like, he was really popular for that. Yeah. And then, like, because of that, he got to do a kids show. So oh, it's kind of like okay. when kids know really famous people for the voices they play in Pixar movies. <laughs> like, mm. I know John Goodman from Pixar movies. Mm. Yeah. But that's yeah. not what John Goodman is yeah. known for to, like, ad- adults, I guess. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So Invader Zim was, like, jo- Yonan Vasquez is, like, squeaky clean like mass produced like in a way some people criticized him that this was him like selling out yeah like that's fine we gotta make money well Um, he did have all those hot topic uh merchandising he better be rich for how much we (laughs) suffered for his art he better be rich yeah i think it will be interesting to see knowing that he has like a comic book past um, yeah. how that influenced Invader Zim in terms of like yeah. character design. I also am so excited. I'm excited because <laughs> you mentioned that you've like never even heard their voices. Never. And I call myself a voice enthusiast and it's like probably like 75% because I because of Invader Zim. Like I oh, love yeah. the voices of if the entire Invader Zim cast so much. I think it's like I don't know, the end of an era. <laughs> like Okay, all right. So I I don't know, maybe I'm overhyping it, but I really don't think I am cuz they just have a really great voice cast. So you guys, your impressions are are somewhat limited. I mean, you know that it was big and hot topic. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like it was definitely like around. Like I know when I see icons of it and people use it for their profile pics and like the doom joke I did pick up was from Zim, but mm-hmm. it seems it did make a big impact on on some people. Yeah, like I keep I'm never surprised when I see like you know how Rebecca Sugar did invaders and fanfic like that's uh-huh. it, it was like this counterculture thing not counterculture but like creative people were really into it that's like yeah. the general impression and creative people can be really cringy so that it all tracks yeah <laughs> they sure can <laughs> yes they can this is me giving permission to everyone to be cringy just fyi yeah. not not <laughs> judging <laughs> I, thank you, you finally <laughs> I'll, I'll remind you of this yeah. in the future all right <laughs> uh, in terms of like personal impact like I don't really remember watching this like as a kid like because this is actually pretty early like 2001 I would have been like yeah. six I'm surprised it so. was. Well, actually, I thought it was like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like 90s honestly like, really? I, I honestly I'm actually a little bit surprised that it was before 9-11 like I genuinely thought it was like 2003 yeah Actually, I take the, I this is exactly when I thought it was early 2000s, late 90s, so. Yeah. Well, it ran like 2001 to 2004. Okay. And then interestingly, there was a big Netflix reboot um 
movie. There was just a movie Um, in, I want to say like 2020. Wow. I remember thinking, oh man, is this going to hold up? And I watched that when it came out on Netflix and it totally did. It was so good. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) I was not expecting that. Yeah. Those things rarely ever do. Especially with a humor that specific and that dated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly. So, and they improved the color scheme a little bit because the one thing nice. about Invader Zim that, at least as I remember it, is that it's kind of like dark and dingy and ugly, and like the colors are. It definitely is not your typical cartoon. Um, okay, certainly not your typical like Nicktoon. And they made it brighter in the reboot. Uh, yeah, they did. Cool. Um, it was all shining gorgeous but, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, one thing about like the Hot Topic merch and I remember even saying this at the time this was my little edgelord like baby edgelord because <laughs> I wasn't allowed to go in Hot Topic but my sister would bring me in sometimes because <gasps> she would go in there um, and I didn't really know what to do in there except look at the Invader Zim merch because <laughs> like, I didn't really get anything else. Aww. But I always would complain that all of the merch was for Gur, which is Invader Zim's, um, like his, uh, like henchman. Yeah. I'm wondering if my mental image of Zim is actually Gur. I didn't know there were two characters. Exactly. Well, okay. Gur was kind of like the fandom favorite. Um, all right. Gur gets it's all the funny then. lines and has the funny voice. Okay. Um, and so I always would just be like, all this is for Gur, but the show is called Invader Zim. <laughs> oh, wow. Because Zim was always my favorite character. So really? it was a very edgy opinion to have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also love Dib. I actually have come to love Dib more as I like as I get older because it's just funnier he's like more like the self-insert like Mm -hmm. in a way like he's obviously supposed to be the audience insert because he's the only one that can recognize all the silliness that's happening Mm -hmm. um so I recently went to the hairdresser and I was talking to my hairstylist about our podcast and um I was telling her about how the next thing we were going to watch is Invader Zim Mm -hmm. and she was like uh, she's closer to your guys's age and it seemed like she had seen a few episodes but wasn't crazy about it um yeah, okay so I guess this really was like a pocket in time not like not crazy about it but like like you guys didn't have much of an impression right um and she's like oh yeah that's cool and I was like did you know because this is true my two like favorite this is like one of my favorite cartoons ever of all time and, yeah oh, wow <laughs> and, okay I know, and I just like don't talk about it that often. But I fucking love Invader Zim. But you have to, um, you have to be protective of it. People like to dunk on it. I oh, know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, anything that's that associated with hot topic is just gonna get dunked on. Unfortunately, I know. I understand. Like they're burnt out. I think people that are burnt out on Invader Zim haven't returned to the source material in a while mm-hmm. because, like. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot with the Hot Topic and the people all referencing it and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. But if you go back to the source material, it's actually good. Yeah. But anyways, so that cartoon and another one of my favorite cartoons of all time, of all, all time. Like, if I could erase all other cartoons to save these two, I would. Oh, my gosh. Um, is, is Rocco's Modern Life. No, and... no, 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 no. Yeah, I, she thinks I it's gross like it. or something. I think it's gross. <laughs> 
Oh man, I love Dragon Ball. We're gonna have to fix that. You but, would create um, a terrible wor- world for me specifically, only sort of saving these two cartoons. To be fair, Rocco's modern life is pretty ugly. Yeah, like it's so, cool. It's cool as hell, but it's ugly. <laughs> that's part of the appeal, I'm sure, for yeah. people who like it. Um, so the creators of both of those shows um, are from where I live now, San Jose. Hey, that's cool. Yes, it is. When I moved, it was a very like kind of like almost religious moment when I like learned that I had moved <laughs> to the cartoon mecca. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I was just very very touched. And when yeah. I was telling her about this, she was like very intrigued. My hairdresser because, um, she's actually born and raised San Jose, and so she looked them both up. And what was interesting was that the creator of Rocco's Modern Life, she was like. Oh, well, he's from Campbell. That's like a, a fancy area that she doesn't know oh, about. Okay. Um, and, but Yonan Vasquez is from East San Jose, um, which is kind of considered, I don't like to, you know, to be like this, but like a less nice part of yeah. town. Yeah, it's like a rough mm-hmm. part of town. They, they yeah, in East San Jose. But you know what? The food is excellent. <laughs> I'm over there all the time getting pho. So that's where he's from. And she was just like, so like, so thrilled like to learn uh-huh. this. Oh, she cool. was like, oh my gosh, he went to this high school and that's where like my dad went and they would have been about oh, the cool. same age. And like, um, so he definitely kind of has like um, a kind of like rags to riches story to him. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, he came from a really, really rough, um, like, area and probably didn't have, like, the greatest, like, upbringing. Mm-hmm. And I think you can kind of feel that. Like, honestly, when I found out that he was from, like, the creator of Invader Zim was from San Jose, it helped me see differently San Jose and Invader Zim. because I could feel like uh, that's actually why I included one of these episodes where they go door to door selling chocolates because some of like it being really hot and then walking like these kids are walking around outside Mm -hmm. and it's not welcoming for children it's all just like you know city and Mm -hmm. like dirty and Mm -hmm. buildings like they're not walking through a park or something you know Mm -hmm. it just felt like oh my god that's where I live like I I was just kind of like touched by that and I could see like the influence, the, the fingerprint. Yeah. The yeah. influence. Yeah. That's refreshing uh, too. Cause like so many, so many shows, so many children shows about children have them in the suburbs and it's yeah. like not every kid lives in the suburbs. You know? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So I'll do a lot more research into Yonan Vasquez because obviously he's like an intriguing person and I want to mm-hmm. be able to speak more to like, where he's actually from and his connection to San Jose. But my hairstylist, um, born and raised in San Jose, was very touched to hear that that's where he's from. And um, I I was too, honestly. So what um, episodes are we watching? Yeah. So we're going to be watching, um, and I suggest you do it in this order, um, okay. even though it's slightly out of order, actually. Um, and also remember that episodes um, for Invader Zim um, have like two stories in them, right? Like there's an A and a B um, because they're 15 minutes long. Yes. So yeah. just pay attention to if I say A or B. Okay. So we're going to be watching season one, episode five B, 
The Wetening. The Wetening. <laughs> Season 1, Episode 11A, Door to Door. Okay. Season 1, Episode 9A, Room with a Moose. <laughs> okay. And Season 2, Episode 2B, Zim Eats Waffles. Wow. All right. Everybody <laughs> loves them. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. <laughs> so tell me this one with the moose doesn't involve Canada at all, does it? It doesn't. Okay. Wow. It's just a room with a moose. It's just a room with a moose. So you can watch Invader Zim. Unfortunately, it's only available on Paramount Plus now. It used okay. to all be on Hulu and Netflix. Um mm. and it's weird. We've mentioned a few times now. That Netflix has the reboot movie, but not the show. Not the original <laughs> content. That is weird. It's very yeah. strange. So it's only available on Paramount Plus. And I think you can yeah. also buy a season on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah I'm excited for this. <laughs> Me too. Let's go watch yeah. it right now. Let's go watch Invader Zim. Okay, and we're back. We just watched Invader Zim. More importantly, you guys just watched Invader Zim. <laughs> I watched all of them in the order you, you gave them. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, so do we want to just talk about them in that order then? Or? Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to resist not jumping in. So how about we do one episode at a time? Okay. So the first one that we watched. Um, the Great Wetening. Yeah. Uh, it's in season one <laughs> and it's called The Wetening. And in this episode, Dib discovers that water has a harmful effect on Zim. Um, he starts burning, basically. Like, it burns his skin. Mm -hmm. And so after Dib splashes Zim with a puddle and hits him with a water balloon, Zim vows to get Dib back um, with a water attack of his own. Um, and, I don't know, cartoon antics ensue. <laughs> Um, I did think it was very uniquely well it obviously was for the plot too but like you don't typically see kids in cartoons being like oh boy it's raining and then going yeah, out and like yeah, celebrating exactly. in the rain but yeah. like, once once it did start raining the kids all ran outside and they were frolicking and really like yeah it's raining and Zim just had to we watch. love rain, yeah. we <laughs> love rain. <laughs> which I I definitely vibe with but was not typically portrayed on TV yeah yeah and like this guy was also very gray and dark like they didn't try to make it this is going to be repeated throughout like all, every single episode i imagine we're going to say this a lot but they did not try to make it look pretty at all no, no. at all very good like, uh, maybe we should back up a little like what did you yeah. guys think of like the art style like what what's your initial you know this is your first time seeing invaders in so thoughts on that um i thought it felt familiar in a way that was kind of emblematic of uh i'm gonna say uh early aughts nihilism it was just it was really familiar i ended up writing down a list of everything that aesthetically it reminded me of um i have the oblongs salad fingers mtv's wow, wow. Yeah. the mr hell show and the dan wow. hertzfeld rejected cartoons okay um, this was a hard time for me to watch tv i did not like any of that stuff <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a great time, you know. I don't know why everything was so angry. Yeah, it was. I actually want to say I was expecting that and I was expecting a lot of irony 
Um, but I did not. I actually don't think it was that bleak. the The universe was very bleak, but the actual characters, yeah, the look of it, the look of it was bleak. But the the, the characters, characters were extremely, extremely genuine. Like even like even the side characters, all the characters' motivations are very, very pure in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have any facades like at all. Mm-hmm. I thought that there would be a lot of irony. Uh, but I did not. Mm-hmm. I can that, see so. what you mean because yeah. Invader Zim is definitely kind of like tied up in like the t- the humor of the time was that xd random ironic like early internet mm-hmm. like stuff yeah. but it's it's more pure than that it's, it's way so more actually i wanted the, to say the first time i thought this was at the end of this episode the wetting uh the episode actually ends with uh zim sucking up all if if not all the water on the planet then like at least in that like area and then just bombing them with it. And the episode ends with everyone getting flooded. And then he, it shows Deb floating on his back. And he just says to himself, the wetting. And like <laughs> that was like an art house film ending. That was just incredibly like, <laughs> like we just showed you the whole point of this episode is this grand battle between these two characters. And this is how it ends. No, there's no other pretense. There's no irony. It's just like he was defeated. It's the wetting. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's kind of sweet and innocent, too. Like, yeah. isn't this kind of like, you know, Invader Zim gets a bad rap for, like, not being for kids at all. And how did Nickelodeon get away with this? And whatever. Yeah. But, like, I mean, the premise of this. It's, it's a kid's show. <laughs> like, yeah. it's almost yeah. this. There was something about this episode in particular that almost felt like a preschool show. Like, Whoa, it's about kids having okay. a water balloon fight. Like, it's so simple. I disagree simple. with this. I don't think it's a kid's <laughs> show at all, but I do think it's definitely a teen to preteen show. And it's very, like, I feel like it's very nestled very carefully there. I just think this episode, I'm I'm glad that I chose it as the first one for you guys yeah. to watch. Because it honestly feels like a pilot in a way, because it's so yeah. straightforward. Like, it's just, it taps into, like, it's it's the epicness of a kid's fight, like, with all the imagination that I don't know a kid would have in like a a showdown like this like it's a water balloon fight but they have these big cool machines that like really elevate it and it it just taps into like the same you know reason that kids like watching recess or kids next door or other shows where like it takes like kid themes but makes it like as cool as it seemed in your head yes Mm -hmm. I do want to say Dib realizes that Zim is weak to water uh, then they both like escape to their respective like headquarters and start like building their like tools. And we see Dibs first, and it looks super impressive. It's like this huge tank that he's strapped to his back, and it, he's so big. He has to use a wheel to like roll it in to, to school with him. And mm-hmm. when I saw that, I was like, "Wow, this is really impressive." <laughs> then, then we see Zim's, and he's literally like I just said already. He's like literally sucking up all the water from the planet. Uh, yeah, the animation of that was so grandiose. It was so. Uh, it was cool to realize the scope of what they were playing with because the yeah, animation yeah, up to that point yeah. had been really, really, really simple. But then yeah. we also, when they go out into space and we see like his ship, it's like, I don't, I don't know if this was impressive for that time. But it, it was, was so, actually, this episode yeah. was like lauded for its mixed use of like 2D and 3D animation. Okay. There you go. Uh-huh. Yep. And it immediately, it like popped. It was used really, really effectively when he bombed him with that water. It was, uh, Enjoyable. And for the time, it blended pretty well. I mean, obviously oh, I now watching it, 
Yeah. Like, it's a little more like, okay, but like. <laughs> it's fine because he's an alien. And like, so having this like really distinct design line between like what humans can do and what he can do mm. out in space, I really liked that. Like, if they yeah. did the exactly that same thing today, I would think it was a design choice. So it is just a happy accident, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just to that point, when the development on Invader Zim was first getting started, they actually consulted with the crew of Futurama to figure out how to integrate 2D animation like, oh, with the CGI cool. animation. Sure. It was one of the first like kids shows, I would to say, that. that did that. Because oh, this cool. came out in 2001. That's what's kind yeah. of weird, too, is like I always forget that Invader Zim is like, it's older than it seems. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah. In the order that we went, the next is door to door. Door to door. So okay. in this episode, the school starts a candy fundraiser in order to raise, you know, some money for the school. Um, mm. Zim is not interested at first um, until he finds out there's a secret prize if you sell like a crazy amount of candy. And so he goes all out trying to sell enough candy to get the secret prize that's about it <laughs> uh so this is where i realized because they they show this video to the kids to get them motivated to sell candy for the school and he's he's saying all the prizes that, that they have this mascot his name is um poop dog. Poop, poop, poop dog and he has a chain on that says pain poop i love this character so much <laughs> i think he's supposed to be lame but i think as as, as the years have gone by like it's like wrapped around till he's like the coolest character i've seen in a while (laughs) i love this character he's an an extreme gangster dog oh my god he he wants to sell poop the candy they call the candy poop and i have to imagine like in the like why they're doing this it's like i have to imagine the writer's room they were just calling it shit and they're like well we can't call it shit in the show so what are we i'm surprised they got away with calling it poop poop yeah me too but so um poop dog is telling them they'll win this prize they'll win this prize and zim is all unimpressed with it and then like he's literally like slashing the chair like whatever and then he's like and then the grand prize is a secret and like immediately he's like what is it i have to know and that's when i was like okay these characters are very very genuine like he's not (laughs) no pretense at all he was like up on the teacher's desk (laughs) tell me tell me i feel like i I went to elementary school with this kid like for sure i actually (laughs) wrote down that zim when zim immediately gets fixated on the prize and is like screaming at the screen to tell them what it is i wrote down that zim reminded me of becca (laughs) 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 and then right next to it i wrote that zim laughs like tally I think that's why I love you guys because you're just like Zim. <laughs> oh my god! Because Becca, you well, have this this righteous fury in you that I feel like Zim also has. Or right. just like, I mean this in a loving way because I love Zim. He's my favorite character. Yeah, but... <laughs> and Zim great. has the best laugh ever, just like Tally. <laughs> it's just uh, very oh, disarming you. to be like. I li- started liking this character at this moment for him doing this ridiculous thing and then be hearing like, oh, that, that thing reminded me of you. But I guess like, it's good. I guess it's validating. Yeah, I guess. I like that they kept the big prize a secret rather than, well, like they said it was a secret rather than, um, I assumed it was going to be like one of those Pepsi point things where it mm-hmm. was like, you guys remember that in the 90s that the, uh, the Pepsi points commercial where if you like, you drink enough Pepsi and you can get a shirt. And then yes. if you if you have, get like a million points and you can get a fighter jet, and yes. then they got sued because obviously they weren't going to give anyone a fighter jet. 
Um, yes. I assumed it was going to be like that, but I liked that it was a secret and this, the fact that it's unknowable that triggers Zim. Yeah, that would drive Becca like he... crazy yeah, <laughs> if you were funny. in that situation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. I really liked it. I really liked it. <laughs> um, this episode yeah. opens with the teacher giving some crazy lesson about they she had the students building a stack of cards and then she's like now add like a pile of cards on top to represent the dead weight of you students and then the whole like thing collapses and then it also breaks a desk and like all the desks that's not that's not early aughts nihilism that i was talking about wait what she's actually saying is she's describing all the struggles that the teachers go through so the, it's a tower of re, of really really unstable cards, and she says that like each each card is like this is a lack of funding, this is a lack of like pay that we get, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the last the last thing that breaks it is the kids misbehaving. So it's not just like her insulting the kids. Yeah, just wanna, you're right. Just you're right. That. that is a very gentle. Well, thanks, Becky, coming in to the <laughs> defend the adults of this world. Yeah. Um, well, I think it adds to the what happens immediately next, which yes, is that like yes. the desk breaks in the class, and it's like the last one that wasn't already broken because all the rest of them are in a state of complete disrepair. And, and then is out on the desk. Yeah, and then the teacher says, "So we're gonna do this like fundraiser to raise money for the school with you guys selling candy." And then they have this like um gangster poop dog like mm-hmm. telling them about selling candy for the school and even the setting that he's in for this video i don't know the whole we had just talked or in the first half about how invader zim has kind of like a like inner city not squeaky clean suburbia like vibe to it mm-hmm. yeah. and this is just like the most obvious example of that that like yeah this is something i can relate to like you know i sold shit for school but like it's not something that was always on tv like i don't know yeah i've never this is like very universal i feel like but i've not i can't remember ever seeing an episode focused on it yeah usually i'd see like if kids on tv were selling stuff it would be for a school project or a trip or a club like a specific thing not for the fact that our school is actually falling apart exactly exactly this episode is kind of weird though (laughs) did we recap this episode yet that he's we did but like i feel like i didn't do it enough justice (laughs) i don't think we got to the part where they're actually going door to door selling the candy and it's most of the episode is zim trying to sell candy the candy's really terrible it's super hot it literally has sawdust in it yeah it makes people sick nobody wants he's like a weird looking kid and gur is acting like (laughs) gur is being annoying and like nobody wants to open the door for them and it's just poop dog comes to him in a heat vision (laughs) oh my god i'm so happy to see poop dog again this time he's wearing a robe that covers his face he's like he's like threatening zen he's like you gotta do it and then it turns out that he's hallucinating and it's actually the heat yes because of the heat and then he it's turned out that it's dib and when i first saw this i thought oh dib pretended to be poop dog no zim was just hallucinating so bad he imagined that dib was poop dog poop dog did not show up again and then dib says like um i haven't even done anything to you yet which is yeah i love a character (laughs) line like that there was also a great i wrote down another line when he he goes to his first house and a, a very nice lady does buy a chocolate bar from him, a poop bar, but then she eats it and like throws up because it's so gross. Right there. And yeah. he, he says, uh, she only bought one of these horrible things as if he's insulted. I just, it's great. 
Yeah. And then Zim gets to solve it in his fantastical alien way, which again is like, I don't know, it's validating for a kid. Like, yeah, like the only way you can sell this shit is if you have like these like mind control helmets that you put on people. Like, so what does he do with the mind control helmets? He goes to a family who doesn't want it. So then he says, I'm going to make you do it. And he puts on the mind control helmets. And what do they do? Yes, so the helmets show this family of people a world where they did not opt to purchase (laughs) candy from Zim. And it's this horrific, like, destroyed world where people are being, like, eaten and enslaved and all these horrible things. Yeah. Um, There's a particular scene in this where I'm going to describe what they did and then what they obviously wanted to do. A monster picks up a little girl, and the little girl's holding a doll that looks exactly like her. The monster picks up the doll, rips off the doll's head, and eats it, and tucks the girl herself away, like, in his side pocket or whatever. Like, it's drawn very simplistically, Uh. so it works. What they obviously, obviously wanted to do was have the monster rip off the girl's head and eat her. Um, That's too much for me. No, thank you. Yeah, so... (laughs) What's interesting, I didn't find this out until after, like, picking this episode for us to watch, is that this episode um, had to be changed a lot because it originally um, showed, like, a demolished city, Mm -hmm. um, and it had to be changed because it was supposed to air on the 14th Uh, of September, 2001, Um, and so that was right after 9-11, literally, like, days after 9-11 and so they um had to put it off by like six months so that they could change that scene a little bit to be less I think a lot of stuff got a lot of stuff got pulled in those in those weeks yeah Yeah. but man that sucks though because like but actually um Yonan Vasquez later on went on to say that he liked the version that they went with better because he liked it kind of being a little bit more like fantastical and not like specific like city it sounds um, um, more, what we saw was more creative. The other one I imagine would just yeah. be like a, a, a hole in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But by yeah. the way, that yeah. like 9-11 really hung over this show, like in a lot of ways, because like, yeah, it was just a confusing, difficult time to have this like show that had any kind of like not right. happiness <laughs> to it. Yeah. Like It is interesting that it's like, if this hadn't premiered before, 9-11 it probably wouldn't have made it to air yeah, yeah. but it's so interesting because it's yeah. like we've said it's like the stories are just genuinely like kids like i honestly think these are just genuine kid stories yeah it's tough i think these are very very much teenage stories early teens well um i mean this is a little out of order but like the original like idea was that nickelodeon wanted a series to target 11 to 15 year olds Woo! Um, Wow! I've never heard that demo split before. Victory. That's what they wanted to just kind of like tap into, like that audience. But like because they they hit it. Well, they didn't really, and that's why it never got the viewership that like. Well, that's that's the fan base when I think of the Invaders Zim fans. That's what I picture. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that, like, they could never really promote it properly, partially because of, like, just not really knowing how to talk about it in a post-9-11 world. It Uh, kept, like, going on at the wrong time and and ended up being served to a younger audience. And, like, it just never really got the ratings that 
like they were searching yeah. for. But like yeah. literally, like when they set out to like do this show, the producer, the Nickelodeon producer, Mary Harrington, queen that she is, was searching for something <laughs> that had like a similar edge to the Ren and Stimpy show. That's her like quote. And yeah, they actually approached that. they approached Yonan Vasquez. Like he had never done any like cartoons or animation before. He was strictly like a comic book artist and mm-hmm. he was twenty two. Yes, Holy I was God. reading about that. They like yeah. do you want to do a series based off Johnny, the homicidal maniac. <laughs> he's like, Yeah. So again, like, you know, yeah. when people are like, How do they like sneak Invader Zim on the air? I think that's discrediting the fact that like Nickelodeon sought out like a show like that. Nickelodeon has always been like I would say this is obviously generalization but Disney has always been kind of like the more classic clean stories and then Nickelodeon has always been like a bit weirder like it's It's been like it's weird yes yes yeah like you can hear a joke about a zit on a butt on Nickelodeon you're not going to hear that on Disney Channel yeah (laughs) yeah um so how does this episode end who wins who sells more candy bars um so Dib thinks it's him it's actually similar to the wetting where like it seems like he put out an impressive show but yeah um, he sold how many a hundred i think yeah and he gets a prize he hands him a box of band-aids right why don't you tell it becca i'm remembering (laughs) as i say it medical (laughs) adhesive strips yes Mm. uh and then he's he's getting ready to to do his glow dance or whatever and then uh Zim appears and he sold one million dollars worth of candy bars. <laughs> one million of your horrible candy units. <laughs> uh, and what does he get? I can't remember what it is. The mystery prize. He was like, now please deliver to me the mystery prize. And the teacher's like, there is no mystery prize. It's just something just we made it. up to make children work for free. Yes, but what does she hand him? She rips something off. She's like, but for, she because you did up, all this hard work. Here's a can of tuna. A can of tuna. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, curse you, poop dog. <laughs> and then we see poop dog again. So now are we ready to talk about A Room with a Moose? A Room with a Moose. This was my favorite. <laughs> I love this one. I was actually unsure about showing you guys this one, so I'm, I'm glad, glad that you, you liked it. So in yeah. this episode, Zim orchestrates a fake field trip for his class, um, and he, um, like, unbeknownst to the class, he traps them in a school bus and then launches them into a wormhole in space, and the wormhole leads to an alternate alternate dimension, which consists of a room occupied by a moose. Mm-hmm. And it's up to Dib to try and save the class. Or will he? So (laughs) the episode starts with giving Zim motivation to do this by showing, it gives us a montage of all the kids in school bullying him and like hurting him and like laughing when he does get hurt. They get an announcement on the speaker saying everyone in their class is going to go on a special field trip except for Dib. Or except for Zim. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and especially uh, Dib, but especially Dib. Especially Dib, Dib, but not Zim but not Zim. So then they all get on the school bus. And as far as they can see, they're just they're The windows are like, it's like, I guess a hologram technology or just a screen technology where it looks like they're just driving down the street, but actually they're flying through space. So the kids keep seeing a dog. They keep walking. They like, they see like normal streets, neighborhood sites yeah. on earth. So they think they're just driving around. Dib can tell there's something wrong. Um, these kids are so terrible. 
So oh, I know. Very I know. <laughs> yeah. This is when I started to really like Dib because I was like, oh, he's surrounded by morons and jerks all day. I get it. I would like <laughs> yeah. him too. <laughs> so these kids are so terrible that this is the first time I've ever like these kids should die. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like them at all. Except for the one that I, liked the dog. He was okay. No, I didn't like him either. It was so frustrating because he's like, we've seen that dog four times and how they take it. So like, I like the dog. What's wrong with looking at the dog? I like when I see the dog. And I've lived this argument so many times. Um, and I really like this too because how they express their distaste for Dib is he gets on the bus and he sits down in, like on a seat with two other people and they're like, oh, Dib, and they move to another seat. It's not like this big display. It's not like a bully like slamming somebody into a locker. Like this is very honest to how like kids ostracize. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, it felt very yeah. more. Realistic. It's real. It's like so. Yeah. yeah. This is very. This is like. This was very real kid behavior. Most of the time when I hate kids, it's because I'm like they're not writing them like kids. This is annoying. They were writing like them like kids, and I still wanted them to die, which I've never <laughs> experienced in my life. I was like, wow. I know, so, like it really earns yeah. the end when yes. Dib is like, "Do I really have to even try and save these guys because yeah. they suck so hard?" Like, <laughs> they really earned that. I feel like <laughs> they do, and they do. Like, I this show isn't for me. I I would not enjoy. This would cause me mental damage if I watched the show. But I. I can tell it's tapping into something very as a kid real. or ever ever as a kid oh. especially then especially then even today no thank you but I can tell it's very valuable and it's it's giving something that people really do need and I'm I'm mm. glad it exists um mm-hmm. and then also the humor so he I I don't I maybe I'm missing a joke but he goes and he talks to them and he's like where are we headed and he's like you're going to a room with a moose and the guy's like okay that's weird and that was my reaction to it I'm like yeah what's what's up with this then and then he says, and then the moose will eat a walnut. And then that was scary. Do you have any? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it, this is definitely kind of that like random humor, like a okay. room with a moose, like what? And then yeah. like, Zim, you know, Div is like, that's not that scary. And then Zim mm-hmm. basically gives it some walnuts to eat to show Dib how scary a moose can be and Dib is very like upset by the vision of him eating the walnuts but I didn't remember that they showed what's in the room at all I remember like it being kind of one of those like mysteries like you never see Mm -hmm. what's on the screen and Dib just reacts so like like it's horrible oh my god and you're like what did he see you know like that kind of thing in a cartoon yeah yeah so okay, I was so, surprised yeah. when they actually kind of do show what's on the screen and it just is a moose. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if they wanted to show the moose being actually violent, but they couldn't. So they had him chew walnuts hmm. or if I'm I think it's it. really supposed to just be like, uh, okay, just random. funny. Yeah. yeah okay. Like random. Well, yeah, it is. So good job there. But, <laughs> uh, what I also liked is that when he has his, like, even if you don't think that's funny, you can register and understand that Dib is very scared of this room with a moose. So he goes back out and he tries to get the kids to like, listen, like we're going to you're well, beware of the moose in the room. And like, that is the sort of humor that I thought was going to be like flying all over, but it was still grounded. Like they still did the legwork for it. It never felt like a random stab, which is what I was kind of scared of when I was starting it. So like, mm-hmm. it does feel very earned. Like everything, like the humor is earned and the, the anger I feel toward the children is certain. <laughs> so I really like this episode. I know. I find the payoff of Zim's evil plans, it feels really rewarding. Like Zim mm-hmm. is like my favorite character and I feel like you root for him. You root for him and you root for Dib 
Yes, I want at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like in most episodes, they kind of do in a way. Like, yeah, there's yeah. never like a huge victory. Well, there is sometimes, but like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I just love like the scale of Zim's plans. Yes. Like he just will like absolutely annihilate this entire classroom of kids because <laughs> like they pushed him over. They bullied him all year. <laughs> so fair, but. <laughs> um so i remember they're so they're flying through space and they're they're heading toward the they got in the wormhole so i was like how are they going to get out of this how, how do they get out of it tally how do they get out of it um so uh sorry dib figures out that if they wait the like if they shift their weight they can kind of slingshot around the wormhole or something like that and yeah. he's trying to, but none. Of, he's trying to convince all the kids to sit on his side of the bus because they're all trying to avoid him. And they're like, "No, that would be gross." And I think that's when he says, "Like, God, do I even have to save these kids?" Because yeah. <laughs> and then he, and then he remembers Zim like gloating about how how delicious his victory is going to be without Dib there to mess him up. So he's kind <laughs> of more motivated by spite. It's like he spites. He has more spite for Zim than he does for the kids. So he's going to yeah. save the kids. So he's like, he, he sucks it up and he goes over to sit on the left, which makes all the kids rush over to the right to get away from him. And that, that weights the bus enough that it can slingshot around, around the yep. wormhole and go back home. And they end up so. back at school. <laughs> and actually, I wasn't really following what you were saying, Tally, about um, this being like feeling like kid adventure. But now I'm remembering when he, so when Dib climbs off the bus and they've won, he's like, yes, I've saved the world. Like, yes, I did it. I, I saved us from annihilation from the room with the moose. And like, if you're just watching it, it, that does seem like a little kid just like talking to himself. So it's very oh, yeah. um, Calvin and Hobbes esque almost. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, great reference. Yeah, like they're just they're having a genuine adventure in their own world that doesn't involve anyone else. But it is and, real. But it is real. But it's like it, the thing that's great about it is that to a kid, those feelings are that real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, especially okay. when you're feeling bullied and like I wish I could have shot my friggin' class into the sun. That'd be great. Like <laughs> yeah. the the dramas, like the melodrama of everything that happens to you is that big. Even when mm-hmm. it's not yeah. big to everybody else. And you tell people about it, you tell adults about it, and they're like, That's great, kid. And you're like, <laughs> you don't understand how important this is. Yeah. Like this is yeah. life, this is world ending stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I think I think that's why it's tapped into that um really hardcore uh contingent of like weird kids who like this show but i feel yeah. like that the feelings that you're expressing are just as powerful if not more so in teens i think that definitely you oh still yeah for sure feelings. i'm just saying yeah. that this feels like a, a very young show to me i don't know yeah yeah i wrote down two like line highlights um because again the voice acting is like my favorite part of the show yes. but yeah um when Zim um, schemes up this entire plan from the bathroom, he goes mm-hmm. on a really long bathroom break, and Dib is like trying to tattle to the teacher, which is like yes. kind of cute and little kiddish. Like I... Zim's been in the bathroom a really long time. <laughs> I <laughs> then... love the teacher's response to that. The teacher's response to that was great. <laughs> uh, what was her response? It was like, I, "No one said anything to you when you were in the bathroom for two hours." He was like, "That's <laughs> because it was." corn and bean day or whatever i can't remember <laughs> i love that she was like hey back off yeah when oh, zim, no, when zim returns from the bathroom he like slams open the door and says my business 
is done. (laughs) (laughs) It was cute. I like that. And then also when Dib was kind of frantically running around the school bus trying to figure out a way to save them from the room with the moose and the kids were all still bothering him, he Mm -hmm. turns on them and is like, you guys are just begging to face the moose. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that too. Yes, that's... That's the thing where it's like, if you, when kids are saying it, if a kid said that to me, I was like, okay, that's just random humor. But no, it's like an inside joke and it had like actual buildup. I just yeah, was not aware yeah. of. So yeah, that was, that was, I liked this episode a lot. It, it gave me <laughs> yeah. lots of information about them. Yes. I, I've really started to feel here, uh, the dynamic of Zim and Dib and like the yes. kind of Sherlock and Moriarty thing they have going on. That <laughs> yeah. I really like, I think that's an enduring dynamic yeah. that. Um, yeah. 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 So should we talk about Zim Eats Waffles? Zim Eats Waffles. This yeah. was the first time I really felt like, because I was like, is Gur the robot or is Gur the dog? And I was like, oh, Gur. Yeah, I was confused about Gur too. Yeah, I realized that. Say really quickly, can I just yeah. say very quickly that I noticed Brian Konietzko, one of the creators of Avatar, was a storyboarder of this episode. And that was oh, kind of yeah. a cool little thing to see. Yeah. Yeah, I also noticed that. Um, so, yeah, first of all, I did notice that, but not until after that we watched, that all the episodes that I chose just happened to not really have Gur in them that much, um, which is so funny because, like, I, I talked about in the first half, like, Gur is, like, kind of yeah, the, fan the most... Favorite. Thing, yeah, the fan <laughs> favorite. So, sorry, I like Zim. I totally had you guys watch this episode solely because it's, like, my favorite. I don't even think it's one of the best ones. I just really... Like, it's a perfect showcase of, like, Zim's voice acting, and that's, like, my favorite part uh, of it. So, okay, yeah. Well, just tell, us around. What, tell us what this episode's about. Yeah, so Dib manages to get a spy camera into Zim's base in the hopes of recording some evidence that will prove that he's an alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the rest of the episode is him, like, kind of watching this live stream. Um, and uh, so Gur is zim's little like alien uh like robot minion and gur is trying to get zim to eat waffles but every once in a while zim is also revealing parts of his evil plan or having ridiculous alien antics happen like getting attacked by a giant flesh-eating squid but every time this happens dib tries to contact a member of the swollen eyeball which is like the conspiracy group that he's a part of to witness like what's going on but by the time that they answer zim is back to simply eating waffles again so it's like a boy cries wolf situation um so when i was doing more research for this show i learned that um first of all zimmy's waffles is in season two all the other ones that we watched are in season one um and it actually was one of the episodes that was not like because season two was kind of canceled like mid-season and there was a ton that was never aired and so mm. this was not aired like originally but it oh, kind of it got released later on okay. um and the original intention of it was that it was going to be one long shot panning between like oh. Dib and his computer screen and it's because the animators wanted to try and have the longest single shot in animation like yeah. history huh, huh. Um, but it was scrapped because, I mean, the show was canceled. They were out of budget. Yeah. Like, it, they just did not have the capability. But, yeah. yeah. But it still kind of has that vibe. <laughs> yeah, it does. I like I like this episode. This entire episode t- basically takes place in Dib's room. Just him watching a computer. 
It's 12 yeah. minutes long. That's all we're doing. And I got um, kind of worried. Like, a few minutes in, I was like, did I choose a really boring episode to show them? Because, <laughs> but um, I, I just don't care because I love this episode so much. <laughs> it is a really good showcase of their voice acting. This particular gimmick is one I don't like. So, for me, it was very frustrating. But I can tell it was well done. Yeah. Yeah. What don't um, you like what, about it? What, I don't like, 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 just look, just look, just look and see. But it's like at that oh, exact yeah. second, it's it frustrating. It's, it's yeah. like really, it's it's. They don't even try to be like cheeky about it. No, they they are only cheeky. They don't even try to hide it. Yeah. Like it's literally like the, it's happening on the screen, and then as soon as the guys look, it's just immediately normal. He's just immediately eating, eating waffles. The first time they did it though was really funny because he's like he calls up his um his friends from the conspiracy group. And he's like, look, look at the screen. And it's literally like Gurr's got his face down in the bowl and he's making this like really embarrassing like slurpy burpy noises as he's standing <laughs> up. And Zim is just like reading a paper as he eats. It's the like, boring, <laughs> goofy thing you could possibly show someone. <laughs> so I did like that. But then when it happened again, I was like, oh, so it's just going to be this. Yeah. 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 But it's, I had, yeah, it's still good. I liked it, but I thought, I thought it was an interesting time capsule of a thing. Um, first of all, the first conspiracy friend that he calls, did he not have the silhouette of an alien? Or did I... Am I the only one who saw I that? I don't think he did. I think he was just like high-techy weirdo. Yeah, he, he was f- just a, a guy. Okay, because I thought he looked... His silhouette looked a lot like the silhouettes of like the adult aliens in the opening mm. credits. So mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if this is a hint at like deeper lore or something. But... um. The other thing, the main kind of thought I had about this was that I was kind of surprised, well, maybe not surprised. Um, it's a, a lot harder to do shows nowadays about kids not being believed. And the whole premise of the show, I think, works because it's like, it's so ridiculous and it's like kind of on the playground. But in this mm-hmm. particular case, it's like he's actually calling authority figures. He calls the FBI, like literally. Yeah. And they, yeah. they flat out don't believe him. And I thought that I just thought that was interesting. It's not that it's impossible to do. It's just not something that it's something that networks are a lot more sensitive about these days. And I think it was sort of justified here a bit by the fact that the FBI did show up at the end. They go to the house because they think a kid is in danger, but you still get the same thing where it's like they show up and they don't see anything. And, yeah. and this child is completely discredited. And I just thought that was interesting. I don't know. I don't really have a statement about it. It's just, it's one of those things that you, again, wouldn't do today. Um, especially combined with the fact that uh, this is early aughts coming off of, like, the huge X-Files praise. And conspiracies were everywhere and they were fun. And then yeah. now we live yeah. in an age where conspiracies are everywhere and they are not fun. They're and, damaging it. Yeah. yeah. I just don't um, think we would have a show like this. Uh, this particular yeah. episode, plus him not being believed by the actual FBI. I was like, mm. I just didn't think I'd ever see a show like this, I guess. No. Mm. What sort of note do you think you would get if you tried to do that in one of the shows you're working on? Uh, just... Well, it's weird. It's like, I feel like this is something that it kind of ends in the writer's room. Um, even before it gets to network like we my episode for Mr. Gons actually had this basic premise of, the, of a kid not being believed and oh. we um, actually a lot of people like not a lot of people but in the room we were a little some of us were a little uncomfortable with it and what we mm-hmm. ended up on is that she's not she's not calling telling an authority figure she's telling her friends friends and okay. she's, she's making up a monster to get her friends to come uh, and save her, quote unquote, and be with her in the woods because she wants to hang out with them. 
but Mm -hmm. what she does it's like it's what she shows them is so obviously fake that it's like it's i think it's it was like supposed to be that she knows that they're gonna know it's not real but they're gonna come anyway whereas as opposed to her being in danger and not being believed it's like you you i i don't think we can go anywhere where a kid actually is in danger and not being believed but it, it also is about like modeling behavior about like what's realistic and it, it like when they're on the playground and he's telling to his teachers and the other kids this kid is an alien it's like that's that's never going to happen in real life in any way that will hurt anyone yeah um yeah. but when when you're calling 911 and 911 doesn't believe you like that's that's the thing where it's like he actually called the fbi and the fbi didn't believe him and that's really strange to me because yeah. we don't want to ever give kids the 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 message that they won't be believed if they if they tell yeah. if they call nine one one or the police or someone like that you know so yeah. this actually reminds me how the episode ends so it turns out that Zim can't remember his evil plan however he did program some androids to go hurt some humans and then the episode ends with those robots breaking into Dib's house and then beating him up so he yeah, was directly and harmed and because, yeah yeah because uh, nobody believed him. And do you remember oh. what he does? No. He goes, no, whatever. And, and calls him to bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so relatable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely, I don't even think I would have enjoyed this episode as a kid. This is one that I saw like, like older. And that's I mean, why I was able to just enjoy like the kind of random humor of it. Mm-hmm, like yeah. my siblings and I would quote that to each other all the time. Like, if something bad happened, like, literally over spilled milk or something like that, it'd be like, no, whatever. (laughs) Um, Um, But, I mean, you make a good point. Everything that you said. (laughs) I was curious if the the FBI says something, like, after the last time with the, I don't know, the macaroni or whatever. So the FBI insinuates that Dib is called before for some nonsense reason. Um, Yeah, that's not in an episode. That's just, like, he just Just has a reputation. Um, but it was for zim though like he would he was calling about zim i'm sure uh probably i don't know he i mean dip has always been a conspiracy theorist before like zim even came on the scene that's actually part of the reason why people don't really want to hear it from him anymore (laughs) (laughs) it's because he's kind of always been this way um and that's what's kind of tragic about it i mean this entire show is kind of boy cries wolf because now he has an alien that he's dealing with every day and no one will listen to him. <laughs> yeah, he, they just don't care. He's not making no, he's making less noise than you are, Dib. Get out of here, Dib. <laughs> I do like Dib, though. Um, yeah, so that was Invader Zim. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm, glad, yeah, I, I'm glad I watched it. I'm just looking over my general notes. I think I mentioned that Yona Vasquez worked, started working on this show when he was 22. Yes. So he really is kind of like a underdog like rags to riches like yeah i found this quote by him and i think it really summarizes the the spirit of this show somebody asked him how he feels about the new invaders Zim movie and he says i just hope people like this movie and if they hate it they hate it so much that they die (laughs) (laughs) becca that also reminds me of you and your general yeah (laughs) you guys guys don't understand me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I do admire this attitude and passionate. Yeah. yeah, I feel I like I can see you saying that exact thing about something you wrote. I would never say that. 
<laughs> you might say it to me like in private. No, I don't want people to die because they don't like my stuff. I do, I do like passion, though. I do, but yeah, yeah, I, I like this quote. <laughs> I think that he has a really like special, like, and detailed art style that mm-hmm. I really appreciate. Like, there's nothing that looks quite like Invader Zim. No, um, between like. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the character design um, yes. is really, like, sharp I, I noticed, and detailed. I, I noticed say, that like, uh, Dim, Dib, and maybe, like, a quarter of the other kids have their eyes open. And most of the other characters just have their eyes completely shut. And I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. I yes. wanted to say, I was expecting when I watched this to feel like, oh, this other shows have knocked this off since then. No, this is a very distinct style. Um, they they have that thick, bold outline that a lot of like animation tends to have, but it's it's very distinct. Like you would know you're looking at invaders. And mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. this is something that goes a little over my head, but I thought it might may like matter more to you guys. Um, so Invader Zim, like their team, impressed Nickelodeon by having like really like having twice as many storyboards as usual really so episodes would have between like 250 to 350 storyboards per episode to capture the characters like Mm. details and movements okay i was gonna the style is really really simple but then they pull it out for the big scenes like they have a few moments like that where it's like you can feel a that they're just waiting to like pull out like the big guns. And that makes a lot of sense for that because that would be a lot of work. But if the character designs are simple enough, you could do that pretty realistically. And then it would give you time to do like the bigger stuff. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So yeah. an animator on the show, Kyle Menke, um, he won an Emmy for Outstanding Story? Individual uh, in Animation for Storyboarding. Nice. Oh, cool. Um, cool. And also Steve Russell, who is the director um, one and Annie for outstanding and Annie for outstanding individual <laughs> achievement for storyboarding. Do you know what um, episodes they were for? I know the the Emmy was for the Nightmare Begins, which I think is the pilot. Okay. Um, the other one, I'm not sure. All right, I will probably look at that because I'm interested in that. <laughs> so, like, it's weird though, because like, even though obviously it got a lot of like critical acclaim, the show really struggled to like gain a viewership and it was panned by audiences originally so before the second season was completed nickelodeon canceled the series um so like they ordered like 40 episodes and then it was canceled when they had like i don't know like 30 done wow why did they cancel yeah it was rough they never fully came out and said any one particular reason um there was lots and lots of rumors um (laughs) <laughs> there's this one really prolific rumor that I guess we can like clear up now that it's not really true um which is that there was I mean obviously they fought with like censorship a lot because they wanted to do all kinds of violent things like have a little girl's head eaten off by a monster <laughs> I can feel their energy for that. Do that yeah yeah <laughs> um and one particular thing that they were going to have an episode where Gurr goes crazy. Basically, well, actually, they do have an episode where Gurr like goes crazy and is like actually really evil. Um, and he was going to be like covered in blood, like dripping in blood. 
um, but they did not allow that to be depicted in the show. Um, and then as like an Easter egg, the animators would sneak a singular frame of Bloody Gur into like a few oh, episodes. Um, and this is true, but it became such like an Easter egg conspiracy thing. Um, but anyways, it was often rumored that that was why Invader Zim was canceled was because of Bloody Gur, And that's not true. Interesting. So about the voices, I don't know how I've gone this long without talking about it. But yeah, this um, is what you wanted to do since day one of doing this podcast, <laughs> this specific thing. So Zim is voiced by Richard Horvitz. Um, you might know him from some of his other roles. Um, he is Dag, which is the brown beaver from Angry, Angry Beavers. Beaver. And he also um, is Billy from Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Um He's my favorite voice actor of all time. <laughs> he is okay. so talented. You've yeah. said that before about other people. No, that was me. This oh, is the first okay. time Pal said this, 100%. I'm excited. Keep going. Um, He's just really passionate about the industry, and I think he has a really, like, interesting voice. Um, I think he just did such a good job with Zim. Like, he has such a great evil laugh. And he has, like, kind of a, like, I don't know, he brings his voice up really high when he's, like, declaring something. Like, he really, like, um, brings out, like, <laughs> Zim's really emotional passion, yeah, like, his yes. fiery passion. Um, and there's just also something about, like, the kind of, like, it's a slightly, Zim is a slightly androgynous character. Mm. um like when I was a little kid I didn't necessarily think he was a he I just thought he was like an alien like and yeah and I think like I don't even know if this is really what the intention he went in with but the voice is not really like too masculine or feminine um so Uh, yeah I I was thinking after you so for the last like 30 seconds I've been thinking about how when he jumped on on the desk and I was like, he started shouting about how he wanted to know the secret. <laughs> I don't know if another person doing that delivery would have hit the same way. Hmm. It was, very, you could like, he had the sort of like a vulnerability to it. Yeah. But he yeah. was still manic, but it was not overwhelming. So that was a yeah. really good note he hit. Like it never felt overwhelming to, to listen to. I think if you've listened to this show at all, you know that I cannot handle loud noises yes, at yes. all. <laughs> I think really incredible that this character who was constantly yelling was yeah. able to be my favorite and there's just something about the way he does it that's not grating mm-hmm. um so that's why i love zim that's why i love richard horvitz do i also love say, him as tag yeah do you want to say anything about dibs voice actor dib is voiced by andy berman um he's an actor he plays guy in psych he's also dennis on the jamie fox show and chuck on the wonder years so basically he's an actor actor he doesn't do voice acting mm-hmm. um but i thought he was good um yeah he, he really was he played off sim really really well yeah yeah and then um ricky simmons um is the voice of Gur. Um, he's a friend of Yonan's and he's also a colorist on the show. Oh, cool. Um, Yonan Vasquez wanted an inexperienced voice actor for Gurr um, because he thought it would suit that, like, Gurr is, like, I don't know, 
disorganized and an inexperienced character, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why he they all, they also auditioned like actual voice talent, but he asked his friend to do it as well. Um, so this guy had never voice acted ever, um, and he ended up being chosen as the voice of Gur and went on to become like the most iconic voice ever like I mean everyone quotes Gur <laughs> and like all of his iconic lines and they were on t-shirts at Hot Topic and everything and um, okay well I'll ask you guys some questions so yeah. I mean that was your introduction to Invader Zim yes was it what you expected no 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 it was it was good. more yeah. heartfelt and genuine than I expected same yeah would you say you're like a fan of it now i yeah i guess i don't know that i'd watch more of it but i i definitely see its value i like that it exists but i would not i wouldn't write it down as a as a show that i like <laughs> but I'm, really, I'm glad it exists i really dig i really dig the dynamic between the two boys that's all i'll say so would you guys like recommend do you think the show holds up do you think kids would watch it today i think it holds up 100 percent. i i was surprised at how well i thought it held up yeah yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it'd be super super dated uh but unless you're like really it, it maybe it gets worse than some other episodes with like the random humor but unless you're like really really sensitive to it i think you'd be this would be fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree all right cool i guess that's a wrap it holds up <laughs> that's no, no, I, does I, it make sense at all why it's one of my favorite shows because yeah. even i don't understand that after i said it in the first half i was worried all week that you guys like no. i don't know this this taps into something that isn't usually catered to and it does it really well so no i'm not surprised at all and the, the some the person who needs this show needs it and that's why i'm glad yeah. it exists oh yeah for sure <laughs> i can see some kids really like relating the hell out of the show mm-hmm. yes yeah do you get it at all why you are obviously Zim? I am not Zim. That's fine. <laughs> like, I don't I don't hate Zim, so I don't be I'm not upset about being mixed up for Zim, so that's fine, but it's also not true. <laughs> well yeah. I'll just keep pretending that I'm friends with Zim. <laughs> all right, fair enough. So um next week we're gonna be watching My Little Pony and the episodes we're gonna be watching are Wait, which My Little Pony? My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, uh, season one, episode 11, which is Winter Wrap-Up, and season one, episode 16, Sonic Rainboom. Sounds cool. great. Let's go watch. Yes. And you can watch them on Hulu and probably lots of other places, but definitely Hulu. Hey, see Very you nice. then. Yeah.